0: It's an interesting time in the hockey world right now um, among youth hockey and, and older hockey, advanced hockey as well. Uh, teams are around in the corner and you know kind of getting ready that for that playoff mode. Um, some teams are already in playoff mode, some teams are going for their final tournaments and stuff like that. So uh, it's it's been interesting because my inbox has been uh, has been a little different than usual. There's a lot of very specific questions coming in. Um, and the reason why they're so specific is because teams know who they're going to be playing in, uh, you know, in the first round of playoffs or in the finals of playoffs. They know who their competition is. They know very well what they look like and what their strengths and weaknesses are. And um, the coaches are formulating game plans to uh, try and play against, uh, you know, against these other teams and uh, combat some of the stuff that they've seen and maybe that they've been beat against all year long. So it's been an interesting time. Um, a lot of specific questions coming in. So I'm going to try to. I may end up doing more than one soundbite um, on some days, just to try to combat some of these questions and try to get some of them answered. Because um, a, I want to be as helpful as possible for these coaches. But b, uh, I think a lot of these questions are fantastic questions that could benefit. You know, the answers could benefit other coaches as well, and that's what we try to do on uh, on these sound bites and on WeistackHockey.com. So um, this question is. Uh, there's actually been a a few of them come in along the same lines is, um, you know, we're going to be playing against a team that has one all-star player and this guy is the one that's responsible for 85% of the, of the team's, um, you know, offensive, offensive stats and, um, you know, the rest of the team doesn't do much, but this one player goes end to end all the time on us. Um, so what, what do we do? How do we combat that? So, to answer that question, I actually want to dive into, I guess, a little bit of a personal story, and I don't want this to come off wrong, um, but I ended up in a situation in high school where um, just before high school, I had been playing on a fantastic team back in Toronto. Uh, my last year there was a, a, a very good year for us. Um, we, we had won the Ontario Championships, the AAA level, and um, so that was when I was 14. So, we moved to Utah uh, just before I turned 15 and obviously it's, uh, Utah is not nearly as, as much of a hockey hotbed as a place like Toronto was. So, like I said, I'm not trying to have this come off wrong. Um, basically I went from very advanced hockey to not nearly as advanced hockey. And, uh, so I ended up, you know, to, to keep my progress going. My dad put me, um, there was a junior B team at the time there and, uh, talent wise, I fit in pretty well with, with those guys. Um, Obviously, I was a lot smaller, but that was fine. I learned to play, uh, you know, I learned to play around that. But um, for fun, I ended up playing high school hockey as well. And uh, the reason I say it's for fun is because I, um, you know, it's high, high school hockey in Utah is not, uh, it's not, it's not very advanced at all. Uh, it's a lot better now than it was then, um, but you still there's a big, big difference from top to bottom. So you've got some guys that are pretty experienced that are playing decent levels of hockey. Uh, and then you also have some beginners, you know, literally house caliber players. Um, and because there's not a lot of players to choose from, a lot of times these guys end up making, uh, you know, making the varsity team by default. And so uh, it's it's fairly typical to see that where each team will have one uh, one stud and then a bunch of uh, mediocres and then you know a handful of beginners, where there's that big skill difference from top to bottom. So on my team, I happen to be the one that was. Uh, you know the most most experienced on the team, uh, and it kind of boiled down to it. So by the time we got to playoffs, uh, the other teams knew who they were playing against and and what they were going to need to do. And um, most of the times, oftentimes, I was still able to uh, you know to produce enough to to shoulder the to shoulder the team. Um, but here's the situation: we got into this one uh, into one playoff game where the other team had a uh, a player who could skate with me and that was kind of the biggest difference is is uh, my game was a speed game um and you know i'm okay around the net i've got a decent shot okay hands but my main game was a speed game speed game and passing game incidentally so uh i i didn't necessarily relish the idea of being the only player who could uh who could contribute offensively on my team but it was just the way the situation was um so this team, they had uh, another player who was, uh, who was a very good skater. You know, it's, he, was, he was good. There's no, no, uh, no beating around the bush on that one. He was good. Uh, and then they also had a handful of other guys who were capable of, of uh, generating a little bit of offense as well. So the one player that could skate with me was their best player, but they also had a few more support guys than we did. So um, all they did was they, they uh, had him shadow me all game long. Now, what that meant for me was uh, I could, you know, I could beat him in a in a sprint. You know, like if I if I had to, I could burst away from him and uh, be on my own for a little bit. But then he, you know, he'd catch back up, or or you know, if I didn't score on the first attempt, then there wasn't often wasn't a second attempt for me. So there was no rebound. Um, and basically, what that did to me was it it uh, tired me out. So for me to get away from him, I had to. Uh, you know, I really had to. I had to skate full speed. I couldn't. I couldn't. You know, because the, the nature of that game that I, the nature of the style of play that I had become accustomed to—not accustomed to, but I needed to—was uh, you know I'd conserve energy. I'd let uh, you know let my other players kind of dig and and um, you know go into the corners and stuff because if I go flying into the corners and I get beat. And then now I'm the only guy fast enough to back check, then I'm just burning my energy. So I kind of hang out and pick my moments, um, which sometimes you have to do depending on what type of play you're playing. Uh, But that's what I was having to do. So I would have to, uh, you know, conserve my energy and then pick my moments, a quick burst of speed here, a quick burst of speed there. and, And that was the style I needed to play to be able to help my team. In, uh, in those years. <laughs> so what he did was basically anytime I was coasting, he was right on my hip pocket. I couldn't get away from him. So I made it so I really, I was never open to receive a pass. Okay. Uh, and then from there, so basically it had to be like, I had to go and get it, go and make something happen. It made it just so basically, you know, was my players weren't, my teammates weren't really capable of, of um, setting me up. So if there wasn't a loose puck to be had, then um you know i was left it was it was pretty hard for me to you know to generate any offense there so i'd get the puck you know every once in a while i get the puck a couple bursts you know get around them i still scored a couple of goals but i couldn't keep up with their support players the other team's support players who were uh capable of scoring goals as well so in that circumstance they had a, a situation very similar to the one that this coach was describing where um the other team was playing against a team that had one player that really generated most of their offense, which was me at the time. Uh, and then, um, without that player, there wasn't much that could be done offensively from that other team, uh, from my team. So that's what, you know, they ended up beating us. Uh, you know, I gave it my all, but they're just, it was, it wasn't possible. And the fact that, uh, you know, it's, I didn't, I didn't really have too many players I could pass to, um, you know, that, that just made it so. Basically, all they had to do was shut shut me down, and it was um, it was possible for them to beat us. So that was that. So that's that's the first way I've seen play it: is take a player that you know is capable of skating with the other team's best player, and uh, just stick him in that guy's back pocket. You know, no matter where he is on the ice, that guy is in his back pocket. And uh, as the game wears on, that player will get more and more tired, more and more frustrated and he'll become less and less of a factor. Now, the drawbacks to that is a, you're probably taking one of your best players and nullifying him with that, right? Because your best player is not going to be scoring any goals if he's just worrying about uh, keeping the other players. So it, it, some of this will depend on how your team matches up, right? Um, so if that's the case, then uh, you, know, you better have some good support players. That are also capable of generating some offense maybe not as much as as your best player but they better at least be able to generate more offense than the remainder of the other team right so it's got to be it's a, it's a bit of a money ball situation where the math needs to add up in terms of matchups so if you think that your secondary guys are better than the other team's secondary guys then take your top guy and put him on their top guy and that should that should protect you as long as your top guy is, is uh, good enough to mess up anything together. It, it doesn't have to be a, like a complete matchup, skill for skill. Um, but if your top guy is good enough to skate with the other guy and basically minimize the shots on net from that, you know, the other team's top player, then you'll match up all right there. Uh, the other way I've seen this done, and we actually did this against another team. Um, this was actually it happened in the finals of the Ontario Championships. That I was talking about. Uh, when I was fourteen. So we came up against a team who was they were a very good team, and uh, in fact, they had two guys on the team that uh, in the in the earlier parts of the tournament had been the two leading scores in the tournament. Very, very, very good players. Um, but we 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 were better as a team. So our team played systems hockey, we were more disciplined. We were capable of executing a game plan. So even though if you uh, you know stacked up any of our players against the other team's top guys, the top two players, one was a forward, one was a defenseman. They were both they were both awesome. Um, either of those two players were probably better than any player on our team at that time. But you know, I think it was Wayne Gretzky that said, "When we play well as a team, we all look great as individuals. We all look better as individuals." And our team lived and died by that by that motto. We played very very well as a team. And so what our coach did, who was my father at the time, um, is he, he made like a code word for it. We called it code blue. And basically we code blued their top guy. We mostly focused on the forward because he was the one generating most of the offense. The defenseman was a very good defenseman, but <clears throat> you know, most of, his, most of his stuff came from the point. Every once in a while, he'd take a rush. So our main focus was their top forward. And we didn't match lines. We didn't have a shadow. We just said, hey, our team, our systems are better than their systems. The only thing we're going to do differently, we're going to let the lines play out as they will, but the only thing we're going to do differently now versus any other game is when we have a code blue, whoever is nearest to their top guy is just going to make sure he feels bodies on him. So we're going to hit him, right? Um, so as soon as that guy touches the puck, boom, he's, he should be getting hit. You know, as soon as he makes a move, boom, he should be getting hit. Now, it wasn't anything illegal. We were just really focusing on playing the body on this kid. And um, so that's what we did. So whoever was out on the ice, it could be any of our any of our three lines. Um, but whichever line was out, if there was a code blue, we'd let each other know, hey, code blue, code blue. So we were focused and we would make sure that, you know, we wouldn't let that guy get any distance between us. Uh, and then, again, anytime he touched the puck, he was he was feeling it. Well, towards the middle part, and then towards the end of the game, he knew he was being hit every time, and he was one of those types of players that didn't deal too well with that. <laughs> so, um, you know, we had it where basically he started hearing footsteps, <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me, as the game progressed, he, he really became a non-factor. So our team just kept chipping away, kept staying with the gameplay. I mean, it was honestly, in all my years of play, um, it was probably the game, the team, and the game. Game that I've ever played in that was the best as far as just systematically executing the game plan. Uh, we did not waver from it, and there's such strength in that. I honestly, I've, I haven't experienced it to that degree since. Um, you know, and I, I hadn't experienced it to that degree prior to. <clears throat> so that was kind of like the uh, the game where you know I, the game where I experienced like. Start to finish, 100% execution, every shift, shift in, shift out from every player on the team. And uh, we were able to work miracles, really. Like we were we were not the favorite team going into the finals. We were a good team and we played well as a team, but the other team had more talent. Um, but we had, we had a better game plan and we executed it to a T. And that nullified, you know, like I said, it was the same situation. That player was responsible for about 85% of the other team's offensive production. And he didn't even get an assist that game. He he was on the ice for no goals for. Um, basically turned him into a non-factor because of uh, because of a game plan. And so there's, those are two those are the two approaches that I have seen work the best. One of them worked for me, and one of them worked against me. Um, but you know, some of it will depend on the on the the numbers matchup, right? How does your team stack up? Is your team capable of executing a system? You know, in the, in the high school hockey realm, um, that wouldn't have worked. Had the other team played, uh, just decided to play a really good system against me and not tried to match up, it wouldn't have worked because their, their team was just like our team. There was a couple good guys at the top and then a lot of weak guys near the bottom and middle. Um, so if I, if I had ever been matched up against somebody that wasn't a strong hockey a strong skater a strong player, um, I would have still been able to go through and, and score some goals so um, that wouldn't have worked as well in that situation um, had they played that so so it, it, it will depend on how your team stacks up not just your top two guys but how does the rest of the team stack up and if it looks like it'll be a decent matchup um, and you know that you can pick the ones pick the setup or pick the system or the strategy that will make the most sense for your for your situation for your team but uh, like I always say that's my two cents worth and uh, you can take it or leave it but those are the two ways that I've seen it work and um, both of them worked very well uh, because of the situation so good luck to you hopefully you do well and uh, we'll talk again soon